1: Welcome to On The Bench. I'm your host for today's episode, Brendan Sanoan, joined by our host from last episode, Chris Nee. Chris, hello. Hello. Ooh, that was a little emphatic. uh, He was happy to be here, Zach. We got him. We got him excited. Hello, Zach. Zach's here as well.
2: What's up?
1: What is up? So let's get into it because we have a little game preview stuff to get to, a ton of recruiting information. Tis the season as we enter late November and getting closer and closer to the early signing period, as well as a rousing game of by or sonone so sponsored by the turner group first off let's talk a little bit about this week of practice chris there's a little bit of a illness going around i think is what mike Marvell described it as an illness i think that's yeah. a noteworthy i think it's noteworthy
2: yeah i mean if you've
0: been in tallahassee in recent weeks it seems to work its way through different age groups i know uh my Oops. middle schooler dealt with it a few weeks ago and uh, you know, it was tearing through to middle school. And now I think it's been having an impact at FSU and it goes beyond the football team. But he did say the good news is he didn't believe that any of it was going to impact Saturday.
1: Byers known Zach started this like a month ago. He he is agent zero. Patient zero, you mean? Oh, agent zero is Gilbert Arenas, isn't
0: he? It might've been Zach. It, it may have actually been, he's kind of like the little monkey
2: in Outbreak. That's messed up. I'll buy that. I've been sick forever. I'm actually <laughs> feeling better, though.
1: You haven't coughed yet. We've been doing this for a minute, so that's good. So FSU plays Louisiana Lafayette. Louisiana Lafayette. Or just Louisiana. When did they switch, Chris? There used to be Louisiana Lafayette. Now it's just Louisiana. Uh, there's it's Louisiana a- Monroe, which isn't the team they're playing.
0: Yeah, it's been a couple years. Um, I remember first actually noticing it with their softball teammate had a good stretch there when they were a very good softball school. Um, but that's the first time I remember seeing it. it was two, three years ago.
1: The raging Cajuns. We're going to talk about them real quick. Tomorrow, Dane and Trey will do a more thorough breakdown on the team as well. If you're looking for the normal video that Kev does, previewing them on YouTube, he's going to allocate his time towards Florida for next week. So if they lose, blame Kev for looking ahead. All right. But we'll do it like, three or four minutes just talking about Louisiana, what FSU is facing this weekend. Blacknerville said earlier this week, it's about us. He always says that, but like you handle your business, your Florida state, you should win a little bit of a a bug or not. Uh, But first, Chris, I want you to pronounce a few names here for us. Uh, Louisiana's head head coach. Michael. (laughs) You're not going to try the last name.
0: Desermo. I don't know. Desermo. I'm not sure.
1: Redshirt senior linebacker who leads them in tackles, Jordan.
0: What well, is Jordan, isn't it?
1: <laughs> Jordan it has a U
0: in there. Jordan. Yeah. Uh, Quibido. I think that was actually Quibido. That one doesn't strike me as being too difficult. All right. And then, and then his, his cohort, the uh, redshirt junior safety, Cam. Uh, yeah. Pettisclaw, maybe <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm glad. I'll put it this way: I am glad I'm not Jeff Colhane on Saturday. I'll just say that much.
1: I want to start a segment where we have Chris and pronounce things. We get it sponsored. Won't be a ton of money. and Just have Chris try to pronounce things. Uh, whether it's a Hispanic last name, whether it's cage. You're going to get him canceled. Chris will butcher everything. No, He'll be equal opportunities of just not knowing how to pronounce. He doesn't know how to pronounce pronunciation.
0: It's a weird thing. I guess I'm just not wired right, right way for that. It's, Any you know, Dias?
1: Chris has a beautiful mind. That was a
0: screw up. I'll own that one. <laughs> I just screwed that up. <laughs> I didn't even mean to. I like Manny, actually. Knew him well, well before. Well, just because you can't coaching. pronounce
1: their last name doesn't mean it shouldn't be an indication whether you like someone or not. Uh, if that were the case, I would hate every recruit I cover because I just butcher everyone's name. All right, so let's talk a little bit about Louisiana Lafayette. Uh, this is a team that lost a ton in the transfer portal. Uh, thank you, Billy Napier, I guess, although he's reaping some of those benefits. And uh, Anyways, uh, Chris is a team that had been a, a group of five powers, kind of falling back down to earth a little bit.
0: Yeah, they came into the year with one of the longest winning streaks in the country. It may have actually been the longest winning streak, and then they went on a three-game losing streak, so that kind of went away. They're basically a 500-ball club right now. They've been a little uh, Jekyll and Hyde. We've had that term used for a few opponents this year. They've been good in wins. They've been bad in losses. I know that tends to be kind of the case, but there's a decent amount of split to what they do when they're good versus when they're bad. I'm a pretty big fan of Michael Jefferson. He's their lead receiver for them. He's a kid that I think is senior, so he's not really like a portal candidate, but he's got 39 receptions, 669 receiving yards, and six touchdowns. Really good vertical threat, just a really good football player. Big kid, six foot three plus two hundred pounds plus. Ben Woldridge is a quarterback throwing the ball to him. At one point this year, they were kind of utilizing a two quarterback system. They've gone away and settled in on Ben being their guy. He's one thirty eight of two forty four for sixteen hundred and sixty one passing yards. 15 passing touchdowns, five picks on the year. He's capable with his legs, but he's not a big threat. And then defensively, the guy that, the guys that we were pronouncing earlier, are guys to know just from a production standpoint of being tacklers, Zion Hill Green, who's a defensive lineman at 6'1, 285. He's kind of their havoc creator, seven tackle, or I'm sorry, seven sacks, 12 and a half tackles for loss on the year. And then Braylon Trahan has four picks for them on the season. They're a team that's very good at creating turnovers. They've created 14 interceptions on the season, which is, you know, one of the better. Or I'm sorry, they've created 11. I'm sorry, brain farting for a second here. Yes, I was <laughs> right. It was, it was. No, it was 14 interceptions. I'm sorry, it was 14 interceptions on the season, which is sixth in the nation.
1: Uh, for, um, for a peek behind the curtain here, Zach has a Mario Cristobal background on his Zoom right now. I'm in the group chat texting that I think Chris actually kind of looks like Billy Napier profile from the side. So, Chris was floundering there, and neither of us were even close to being in position to help you. So, I apologize, that's probably not great, uh, producing on my end. What are you doing, yeah. Zach?
2: Nothing. Oh
1: all Carry right, on continue. the show. Continue, Chris. People are going to get all well, mad at me for messing things up, but we got everyone on the back end. you
2: got to produce better, man. 14 picks, sixth
0: in the nation. They've had an interception in nine of ten games this year. They have 21 total turnovers gained, which is ninth in the nation. So it kind of speaks to their ability to create some things on that side of ball and give themselves some extra opportunities. From a turnover margin standpoint, they're positive. Uh, 0.70, which is 17th in the nation. Again, pretty good mark for them. So they're not an overly intimidating team, but they are a capable team. They're the mm-hmm. kind of team that you can't walk in and start poorly or play poorly and get away with it. If you let them hang around and make it a game, they're going to give you everything they got and make it interesting down the stretch. They've, In recent years, I mean, there's a reason Billy got the job at UF. In recent years, they've been good against some very good opponents. Uh, I think their head coach referenced, yeah, they Iowa State a few years ago it was like one of their first big breakthrough wins against a P5 opponent. And uh, you know, they in some of those cases, and not so much this year, because they've had kind of a fallback year, but in those recent years, they outplayed some of those teams. It's not like they got lucky or something freakish happened where it was like a you know five turnovers to none kind of ratio. They outplayed some of those teams that they beat. So you can't just show up on Saturday, go through the motions and feel real confident about it. But you are a much better football team. You are a more talented football team. You are a faster football team than them. So if you play at a high level, you should be able to play well. And the good news is FSU has been playing at a very high level in recent weeks.
1: FSU opened as a 23.5-point favorite. That line's only gone up. I think, uh, let's see, like William Hill has it as 24 points. I think FanDuel has it as 24.5, so that, that that's excuse me the spread for fsu has only continued to to increase um yeah if you handle your business we talk about that a lot here and fsu's in a position to where like if if you do what you're supposed to do this last month we've seen like you're capable of of winning and, and winning big dare i say the game is at noon it'll be televised on a regional sports network so like was it bailey's the bot the Ollie's, bailey's uh-oh I'm i'm not drunk on bailey's i promise What's
2: Sports. I think it's Volley Sports. Yeah, Volley Sports.
0: Yeah. So, like, basically what you've watched basketball games on that aren't on ESPN, that might be your option. If you don't get that, you could. I think they do, like, a free trial. You can sign up for a week and get the game. Uh, if it's not in your area, like, if there's not an affiliate, and if you go to our How to Watch story, I listed the affiliates for them. If it's not in your area, you, can, you should be able to get it on ESPN. Uh, watch espn um, but that always gets complicated for people they think oh i don't have that channel in my area well yeah you do some provider in your area does provide that so it's going to be blacked out on espn so then in that case you would have to go to bollysports.com and do it through them uh, it's complicated there's also always the option of go to the game itself or go to a sports bar
1: it's going to be chilly prepare if you're going there it's gonna be a nice like brisk like 50 something degrees bring a little hot hot chocolate maybe I oh, probably can't bring that in there. Do you guys want to play a game? It's a game. It's a prelude before to know. Uh, and there's a, a question that I didn't really want the answer to. So we're going to play it no matter what. I have a buddy in town. He's an artist. Goes by The Real IVB. I think you can check him out on Napster. That's where he's putting his music. But he wanted us to play a stay-or-goes game with players who we think are going to either stay at FSU for another season or move on elsewhere. All right. Uh, let's have but, at it. All right, let's get into it. This isn't us revealing inside information. This is just us having fun. Please don't go to the message board and be like, "Oh, Chris said that Trey Benson was going pro." Like, no, we're just we're just having some fun here. So don't make this weird. Let's have fun. Start off with Fabian Love. It he accepted the senior bowl invite. All around guys, that's a go. that's a go. Yeah. All right, let's go to Trey Benson now. He is pushing for a thousand yards if he plays through uh, three games. He's been remarkable the last few weeks someone who only has one season under his belt but someone who also has a knee injury he's a running back you usually see those guys tried if you can get drafted you go ahead and get drafted i'm gonna throw this out with a i think he'll stay uh but i don't know i, I could see i could see the path either way if you want to go pro and, and be a day three or, or early day or excuse me late day two guy i think that would make sense as well
0: i agree um, with you um I I think the thing there is he will most likely not be all ACC running back. Will Shipley or the young man at Pitt will probably end up getting that honor. So, you know, just from an accolade standpoint, and accolades aren't everything, but in the sense of sometimes with pre-draft talk, it it helps. I think Trey can come back and be that dude. Um, But I think that's gotten much, much more interesting here in the last three weeks of the season than it certainly was going into that bye week.
2: Yeah, I think he stays, Um, although, you know, if he has some crazy end to the season, I could see him uh, moving on, especially against, like, an opponent like UF or in the bowl game. Um, You know, that'll be, like, nationally televised. So um, I could see, you know, that improving his stock. Um, Like Brennan said, I think with running backs, if if you have a shot to go, you probably should um, just because of, you know, you don't have a lot of durability in the NFL. Those guys don't really play for a while usually. Um, and, you know, teams aren't really prioritizing uh, drafting running backs early. So uh, I think if he has the opportunity, he should go. Um, but I think that, you know, mixed with what FSU is trying to bring back next year um, and, you know, how well he's been utilized in this offense. If he has the same like usage next year, I could see him having a crazy year like Chris is kind of mentioning.
1: You mentioned a, a potential crazy end to the season, Zach, what he needs to have. So he's at 774 rushing yards. Chris, with with potentially three games remaining, he plays in the bowl game, assuming he does, uh, how many yards per game would that be needed to get to a thousand?
0: He's what 474 short. Is that what he said? He's at 774 yards. Oh, he's at 774. So yeah. he's about 226 from. So that's really not a whole heck of a lot. It's you know 75 per, just over 75
1: per. He can definitely get there. And he's at – so just for the month of November, so so far he's had 33 rushing attempts, 291 yards, two touchdowns, 8.8 yards per carry, and as long as 42 yards. So he hasn't even like busted off like a 90-yarder a, a or something crazy like that to pad to those stats. He's just – he's running like a grown man right now and someone who I, looks like an NFL caliber prospect, whether it's now or down the road.
0: One thing I'll say about Trey, and I've asked this question a time or two in recent post-games and such, I feel like he gets better with every rep he takes. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like he's a guy that can be really, really, really good with like a full offseason, completely understanding everything about the program he's within, which obviously didn't have that luxury this past year as he was getting acquainted here. I think he's a guy that, you know, I I think there can be a massive, basically if we're calling this his freshman campaign, a massive sophomore leap for him. I just think he's kind of made to
1: be that. Kalen Deloach. I think he comes back. Same. Stays. All right. Uh, That would be really nice for Florida State to get him back for another year. He's someone who just keeps getting better. Uh, Let's go wide receiver Micah Pittman. Uh, I'm going to go with a a stays. I don't think he's quite a a draft eligible prospect. Um, Well,
2: he's eligible, but I don't think he'll. Uh,
1: Sorry. Yeah, that's what I meant. You know what I meant. Thank you. Yeah,
2: But I think he stays as well. I also think he returns.
1: This is going to be an interesting one. Jared verse. I'm going to go with goes.
0: I think goes. I think he goes as well. I, I, the production has stayed consistent enough. Jared's put Gary can get done. I think he'll test very, very well. Yeah, I, I think Jared's a guy who probably ends up deciding to go. Um, Yeah, I'm with goes. I, I don't think it's a stone cold lock though. Be
1: honest. Yeah, In some, so there's this disconnect where you're seeing like in the top ten in a lot of mock drafts right now. I think that's a little rich. But even mock if he's a, trash, okay. Even if he's a second round pick, <laughs> how, how dare you? How well, dare you? I'm sorry, you?
0: Sidon, but I'd hate to break it to you. If you take mock drafts historically and look at them this far out from the draft, they tend to be trash. And that's not to downgrade Jared. Jared's going to get drafted.
1: You, high. you go to rest. You watch wrestling. It's, the same, it's fake, it's, and I love it. Yes, okay. But at I least love I know it's fake They're fake. They are. (laughs) They're fun.
0: Uh, I'm just, I saw what he was mocked at like
1: eight the other day or something like that. I mean, mean, CBS Sports, our our company had him as a top 10. Let's
2: pump them a break you disagree with them. Pump those breaks.
1: Regardless, my point was I'm the one who derails things. My point was that even if he's a second round pick, I think that's a go for him. Like, you get life-changing money. You get a chance to – a good chance to get to your second contract. Like, yes, like, Jared Verse probably going to go pro. because You only get to
0: play this game for so long.
1: Yeah, and even having that knee injury earlier this year, like, that might be, like, a – yeah, let's – yeah. Anyways, Trayshawn Ward. Uh, I will say stays – I think it might have been borderline for him just because he's a fourth-year guy, but the injury – he's someone who needed to put a lot of film up, uh, and that injury has cost him – a good chunk of the season uh, so i think he will stay
0: i also will go stay and i have to admit this i've never thought of trey as an nfl guy i don't know why that is I'm probably I think,
1: his journey and it, size combination
0: yeah and the running style i think trey benson's running style is much more nfl-ish um and i love how ward runs but
1: yeah, wh- i, Ward's I, just, got I don't, i've never
0: thought of him that way
1: Ward's got some Devonte Freeman style to him, but not not the same thickness or size, which you know Devonte was what a fourth round pick, I think, and had a really nice NFL career. Um, so that's something that Trayshawn's gonna have. He doesn't have the build of an NFL back. Um, that's Something's that's gonna be working against him, but also like I wouldn't bet against Trayshawn Ward ever, just based on what we've seen from him for years right.
2: now. Determination yeah. is his middle name. I'll hmm. say stay. Um... I don't think he goes to the drafts. Like, maybe he, I don't know, that that running back room is getting crowded, um, especially since they might try and add, you know, two in the 23 cycle um, to that room. Um, So maybe, like, he tries to see if there's options elsewhere with Trey Benson coming on. But I'm not, you know, there's no intel on that. I'm just saying that, you know, I think maybe one of those guys could um, explore the portal. I don't know if it'll be Trey Sean, but I see him staying on the roster and not, uh, like, declaring.
1: That was that, That's an interesting point, Zach. So right now, like, they have all four of their scholarship running backs could come back, and you have C.J. Campbell as well, who's, who's proving value on special teams right now and um, someone who's probably trying to kind of follow the Trayshawn Ward track of eventually being a scholarship contributor type. Uh, but we see, like, they're in it for Cedric Baxter right now. Uh, they have at least one running back commit already in the works. Like, uh, there might be some attrition just based on – Uh, pure numbers uh, because you're you're probably not going to carry like six or seven scholarship running backs into the season.
2: Yeah. It'd be kind of crazy. I don't know. Like I really love Trey Sean. I don't want him to go. Um, I think he's a really good running back. Um, But I feel like it's almost like, like you said, like it's a numbers game, like uh, not, you know, guys are trying to move on and and try and get their uh, college careers going. There's a bunch of good, talented running backs in that room. Um, and I think a lot of them, a lot of their skill sets are used perfectly in Mike Norvell's offense, um, and I think that helps them a lot. But I think a lot of those guys could go play uh, at another Power Five institution and, and be um, solid contributors. So I don't know. I'm not. There's no intel there. I'm not saying that I've heard that any of those guys are going in the portal, but um, you know, yeah, like like just, Brennan said, I think it's a numbers game.
0: You're just looking it's at numbers. Cut. And some of it with the draft decisions, kind of the lesson J. Sean Corbin taught us. J. Sean Corbin could have come back and been ultra productive this year, but would it have had made him a better NFL draft prospect? I don't know. Sometimes you just go, you settle in, you see what the future holds for you and you compete at it. And, you know, that's a possibility certainly for a guy like Benson or a guy like Ward.
1: And you get paid to see. Yeah how you do at that level, which but is it's tough.
0: a calculated gamble because you, there's only so many NFL roster spots available. And even on practice squads with them being expanded these days, still it's, you know, it's a limited man's game.
1: Speaking of getting paid to figure it out, let's move to wide receiver, Johnny Wilson, who uh, was announced as a uh, rising spear official ambassador, which is interesting timing. He was announced that on Wednesday evening. This wasn't someone who was announced, you know, middle of the season or, beginning of the year now it's just late in the process i think that bodes well just reading the tea leaves there for florida state and we kind of were thinking that johnny wilson might be a guy who had a chance to come back um so i will say it's an optimistic stay right now i'm ho- hopeful for florida state it'd be great to have johnny wilson for another year i think he's someone who can help his draft stock with another season like this one remember he's only a red shirt sophomore so he- he's someone who's like the top the clock excuse me is not ticking on him just yet
2: yeah. I'll say he, uh, I'll say he stays. I think the rising spear spear deal is a good, um, you know, measurement stick of where that, you know, where things are at. Um, he's, I mean, that's the only deal they've done with the current player in recent you know, weeks or months that I've seen. Um, so I think that's telling. Um, and I think another year, you know, getting some production, like obviously the measurable speak for themselves with Johnny, um, but him getting some production, staying healthy, like I think that'll only improve his draft stock. And if he has another year like this year, um, the following season, he could be like a day one, day two kind of guy. Um, and you know, just the measurables will will carry him, you know, to a certain spot. And then his production is only going to help. So, yeah, I think uh, you know, with a nice, you know, whatever you want to call it, rising spear package, um, I think that it could incentivize him to stay another year. I think he
0: returns as of right now.
2: I think the biggest thing for Johnny to do year over year is
0: just more consistency, kind of being that guy every time out. And he's been good this year, and he hasn't been a guy that's disappeared at times. But I just think, you know, putting yourself in like a and a cough discussion, it's going to take taking a little bit of a next step. And I think that's definitely there for
1: Johnny and attainable. Next up, Derek McClendon. Zach, I'll start with you.
2: Um, I didn't think about this one.
1: He's I mean, on the list. He's on the list from the real Ivy B. That's why I'm asking.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'll stay. Like, why would he go? Okay. Like, I, I'm asking you guys. Is there a reason?
1: Oh. Mm, just, I mean, what? This is his fourth year, so yeah. Other want to than forget. like
2: just being like in the program for a while.
1: Yeah, I mean that would be that would be it. No, I think he stays, Chris.
0: I think he stays as well. He's a kid that has really taken a nice leap year over year. And I think that trend's going to continue for him in the college game. I think he still has good football to play at this level ahead of him.
1: Safety, Jamie Robinson, another senior bowl invite. Bye bye, so yeah, that's go. a, that the goes. Uh, Thanks, here's, a, here's an interesting one. Yep. Definitely. a, a Two years of, of Jamie Robinson. Well worth it. That's was it? a hit in the portal. Uh, safety, Akeem Dent is an interesting one. I,
0: he, I think he goes because he's already graduated. And I think he just would like to go. Yeah. His play's been up and down this year. He was great at Syracuse. He was bad against Clemson. Yeah, so there's a little bit of that. But like again, I'm not sure Keem's a guy that's gonna take a big enough leap to drastically change his draft stock year over year.
2: I'll say yeah, I'll say he goes. Um, you know, brothers already I think he's graduated. Um, Mm -hmm. I think you know, with like Chris said, like he just graduated. So I think uh, it kind of gives him some ammunition to go. Um, and, you know, even if he doesn't want to do football, he can do something else. So I think he's a really talented football player. And he could probably, if he doesn't get drafted, make, you know, a practice squad or something like that Um his first year.
1: Oh, yeah, he's a practice squad guy. I think he's a father as well. So that might factor into yeah, it. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. I'm going to go with go. Um, just, yeah, I'd go with go there. Uh, how about linebacker Tatum Bethune? Uh, I'm going to go with stay. I think you get Tatum back for another year, which would be huge for Florida State.
0: I do too. I, I've heard some chatter that both backers Whoa. will be back, so I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with that belief that FSU returns with their top two linebackers again next year. Actually, top three.
1: You with the Zach? stay, stay. Okay. How about Rob Scott? Was asked by Real IVB. I, I don't think he goes. Um, we love Cam Miller. I don't think he's gonna be what Cam Miller projected as a, a day one pick in this year's draft. That was a couple of years ago. Uh, potentially an NFL guy though but, but i don't think robert scott's quite a uh an nfl prospect just yet he's only been here for three years so i will go with stay yeah and I, rob
0: scott to me is the kind of guy that if you can come in and have an entirely healthy year and play at his optimal level the buzz will be there for him to make the move that doesn't exist this year and if you've watched rob in recent games he's just not moving all that great he's a little beat up but hey he's playing
2: through it hat tip to him yeah i'll say he stays
1: last but certainly certainly not least let's go with the one the only j trav although ivb sent this as tay trav to throw me off but i got it j trav okay. <laughs> who wants to start it this is this is this is the big one
2: i don't i is-
0: i am trending towards i believe He returns mm-hmm which is a drastic departure of where I was back in August. Back in August, I wholeheartedly thought this was his last season.
1: I, I'm with you, Chris. I had the same mindset. I, I think we've mentioned this before. This will be an interesting case study in NIL, and uh, whether you could take someone who's a fringe draft prospect, someone who's extremely valuable to your program currently, and convince them to make it worthwhile with the opportunities they would get to to potentially stay for another year. Um with that in mind, I guess I'll lean towards stay. But I, this is to me as coin flippy as it gets right now.
2: I don't know. This is hard because I haven't like I haven't really been paying to attention to Chris's favorite thing—the mock drafts—and um, seeing you know if Jay Travis even being mocked.
1: It's real to me, damn it.
2: Um, but to me, it's like we know Jordan Travis loves this program. He loves playing under Coach Norvell. I think he'll be at least open to staying. Um, And obviously with rising spear, you know, playing a part in that, that's all legal. Um, You can pay players to, um, you know, stay on your roster. That's part of the game now. So um, I definitely think he'll be open to it. And overall, like I think him having him in another year under Mike Norvell in this, in this offense would be super beneficial. Um, Although I think he's a good enough quarterback to go right now um, personally, but I, but I think he stays just based on all the factors I listed.
0: If we think about who's returning on offense, potentially, you're talking about potentially top backs returning, top receivers returning. They could
2: return the entire offense, right? Well, they'll
0: they'll lose a couple of the the linemen because they exhaust eligibility. Yeah, and I I, think they've built the O-line group up enough where you feel comfortable that there's not going to be a fall-off cliff situation.
2: Plus, they're going to go portal hunting again.
0: So, like, you look at it, the offense, it's hitting its stride. It's been really, really good. Most of the season, but especially in recent weeks, you just kind of feel like there's a momentum building to, hey, run it back. Let's do this again. And let's take this thing back to the next level. And now that the defense has kind of figured things out, and yes, you're going to have to replace some huge pieces on defense. Love it. Robinson starts there. But you've got a lot of good pieces that are going to be back at this program. So I think if you're a quarterback who's thinking about, can I elevate my status? He's going to have a team that's going to be capable of with him at the helm of it. Elevating his status even further next year And I think he'll get his flowers I don't think he got that going into this year Outside of people that Some of the people that covered this program Like Brendan who led that charge Where he was going to be really really good I think with the fact of what he's done this year If he comes back next year The chatter for him preseason wise Is drastically louder than it ever has been In his career and it's deserved It's not some BS You know he's just an older guy He's earned that He's elevated his game to
1: that level I could make the case maybe not a super convincing one, but but at least lay out a case without mostly being laughed at, that if he didn't throw an interception on that final drive against NC State, that he would be a maybe not a Heisman finalist, but a guy like getting votes. Yeah, definitely not a Heisman finalist, but like a like a top ten guy this year basically, Florida State would only be a two-loss team, remarkably efficient. People who really like metrics and analysis like myself would would be or analytics like myself would be kind of into what jordan's resume uh shows because it's really impressive right now i, I petered out because i realized maybe i was reaching a little bit with that take <laughs> <laughs> thank you the real ivb again you can find his music on napster let's go to another game that you guys all love game that we get paid to play and that is by Sanone sponsored by
0: the Turner group.
1: <laughs> Nicely done, Chris, the Turner group. Don't. Sinone buying or selling a home just because it's a complicated, daunting taxing process. No, 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 no. If you have a question. If you want to embark on this process with someone that you can trust, someone who's going to work really hard for you, uh, the Turner Group, which is led by Colin and Amy Turner, husband and wife team, FSU alums, they work so diligently uh, every single Saturday before the games. I'll text with Colin, and uh, he is always out trying to do a little bit of of business because he closes on deals. I mean, it's it's a a, a four person shop at the at uh, the Turner Group, and they have almost a hundred sales each year, and that's because they they grind they know how to work they know how to close they know how to make deals happen uh, and they do so in a way that's really effective for their customers so if you're in central florida or even the state of florida the turner group can help you out you can reach out to them at 407 403 8546 get started at the turner group.com mute your mic next time you move in your chair whoever did that please i'm sorry colin Uh, or you can google the turner group because uh, you get to see all the five star reviews, and it's the easiest way to get to their website, in my opinion. So let's get into buy or synone. As for ten good buyers or synones, trying to keep it to ten, streamline this. We got a busy show today and a hard out at eleven o'clock as we're recording this. So let's get going. First off, is from Steve O Bro eight. Starting off, hot fellas, buy or Brock Glenn visits FSU before early signing day. Hi. Woo. I told you guys that FSU is going to have a chance at a quarterback. And I think they have a chance. I'll buy with you, Zach. I think I think there's a decent chance. We'll see what happens uh, in the next week or two here, if that's something that materializes. But I think there's a chance. Chris? I will to
0: known with an explanation. I think okay. it is a possibility of happening. I think Ohio State tries to abolish it
1: from happening. Yeah, yeah I think that is that is the um, – we were going to see hmm, – how should I phrase this? Ohio State's value of Brock Lynn will be tested and we will see how how much they value him in terms of, of whether that's something that can happen or not. Is that a fair way to say it? Yeah. Yeah. Carrie D. Null, Byers Sinone. This is a four to five win team next year without Jordan Travis or a solid quarterback transfer. Oh boy.
0: I will known it. I think that'd still be good because they're a run-based team first and foremost. I think they're gonna have the pieces and the parts to run the ball at a high level next year. I also think defense isn't going to fall off drastically despite some major losses potentially, including two to three up front. I so yeah, I don't I don't think they trickle back down in that direction.
2: I'm buying oh,
1: it. you're buying it.
2: Yeah. Um, I think that. Because he said, without a solid quarterback transfer, I mean, you know, I don't think you're getting anyone out of high school that's going to help you that much next year. I don't. I don't love the backup options for J Trav right now. Um, like, as far as like helping you win a ton of games, um, you know, I haven't even looked at like what the schedule sets up like next year, but um, I don't think, I think you need like if J Trav leaves, I think you need a really solid quarterback transfer to come in.
1: Yeah, I, I'm with you, Zach. I'll, I'll buy it. I mean,
2: I don't know, four to five wins, maybe like six or seven is a better number.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's sent it pretty low. I mean, you're you're probably capping out what you can be. I mean, but you're going to be LSU neutral site. You're going to be at Clemson, at Florida. I mean, so you're talking about, I mean, some, some really tough games. And Tate Rotomaker was impressive in that second half against Louisville. But uh, whether that's a sustainable, whether he takes that next st- step to be a guy who could lead you to Seven or eight wins in the course of the season. I I don't know. I don't. I'm not super confident on that. I I will say this: like, if if Jordan Travis didn't come back, I think you would go portal hunting for a quarterback, at least for someone to compete with Tate Rodemaker. If not, a potential someone who would supplant him. I could be off on that. That's not intel or anything like that. Uh, I I just don't think you would do that. You would risk a, a really big jump year for you potentially as a program. Uh, without supplanting some of the, the depth a little bit there. Uh, this is from T Step 73 by Orsonone. This is a good one. Chris, I'll start with you. 2022 FSU beats 2016 FSU head to head. I like that question a lot. Depends on what time of year, right? Like what Yeah, season? Yeah. 2016
0: FSU figured it out a little bit down the stretch and got it a little bit back together. Ended up winning 10, beat Michigan in the Orange Bowl, right? I have the right year there, correct? Yeah. Yes. Um, I I think 2016 is a more talented team. I think this team's playing better football, though, than that team played down that stretch. Um, I don't Wasn't know, Alvin I, on 2016? He was. Yes. That's tough.
1: Which is a strong case. You had freshman DeAndre Francois uh, defensively. Derwin James was hurt at that point, right? Um, you had DeMarcus so he, Walker. Can
0: I go with a Dabo if we played 10 times? No, I'm not going to do I'm just kidding. Sorry.
1: <laughs> that's 2013
0: Dabo. Um, I think I'd go 2016, but it's not by much of a margin in my head.
1: Uh, the 2016 FSU team, uh, if you combine the FEI, SP+, plus FPI, composite, like add that all up, they were ninth nationally. This 2022 team for Florida State is 14th, so, I mean, really close. And this FSU team, I think, is going to continue to get better uh, in those rankings for the remaining couple games, especially in the S&P+. Um, so, actually, like, especially if you win your next two, you're talking about probably, like, top 10 team versus a top nine team. So, I mean, the, it's a coin flip there. I'm going to – I like this team. I like this team a lot. I like the way they play. A little heart and hustle action going on, uh, so I will, uh, I will buy it.
2: I'll go this team because I think the 2016 offense won't work in the modern era, as think, to, as Jimbo is illustrated.
1: I think Mike Norvell would would pencil whip Jimbo Fisher with a month to plan. Wow, you are a
0: hot take machine today. Me? No. Oh, yes, you. You're filling in for
1: Zach yesterday. Oh, Zach was a machine yesterday. Well, I was crap. just
2: purposely doing it, just listing them off. off.
1: No, you weren't starting. No, you did it after we made fun of you. You were being dead serious. I did
2: first. like three before you made fun of me.
1: Yeah. Like a 10 second span.
2: Yeah. Machine gun style. Yeah. on no the to list or fire off hot takes than one on ones at FSU practice.
1: Danny Cronin, seven. Byerson, Sinone, our top Bye. eight rece- <laughs> Our top eight receivers in the rotation next year will feature, in no particular order, Johnny Wilson, Micah Pittman, Winston Wright, Hiking Williams, Deuce Span, Shaqai Douglas, Kentron Porter, and Darren Williamson. Was that eight? One.
0: Two. That is eight. I'm buying it. I'm proud of Danny for listing eight. Good job,
1: Danny. I'm buying it too. Bye. I'm not. Yeah, we're all buying. Um, yeah, bye. MJ Willis ten. Byron Mike Norvell, and his staff has shown the ability to. The elite evaluators can win more with less.
2: Obvious buy.
0: I think the word elite is overused. I've said that about 8 million times in my career. Um, so I don't know if I'd label them quite elite. I think they are extremely good evaluators, very good at it. But yes, they do more with less. I will buy it, that part of the concept. I'm just Ooh. hesitant to throw the word elite around so freely.
2: Trey Benson got six carries under Mario Cristobal, is now turned into one of the nation's best but running backs. Johnny Wilson did have another offer coming in the transfer portal. He's now an elite or not elite. That's an overused word. Really it really is like an offer you here to see. Um, I'm teaching. A really, you that. Good, a really good wide receiver for Florida State this year. Um I mean, there's just so many examples. You know. i I'm, I'm greedy Vance greedy
0: vance is a better football player today than he was a year ago and i think that's a great deal of credit to, no, the staff I, yeah, to I think it. you're right
2: like elite is overused but like they're it, like that if they're if you had a point to one skill um of, of this coaching staff that that they do really well it's evaluation I think well.
1: really the
2: on they do a really good too. job of
0: but they fit guys they yeah. they find guys that fit what they're trying to do with said guy and they do a good job of it and You know, having an understanding of who and what they are when you're talking about players is extremely important. They're not square pegging round hole
2: kind of situation. Like how many kids has Norvell signed in the past, like two cycles that you like, oh, that kid's just a straight bust. Like he has he has no chance of playing here. I like how many kids like under Willie's regime, like there's just countless kids like that kid should not be playing at this level. And then they enter the portal and they're now at FAU or. You know another I, like you know not great spot so just like I, the the quality of player even if they're not this highly ranked player um they're not competing for these like super heralded recruits like they're, they're getting guys that are helping them
1: fsu has what top 10 offense can we say safely nationally yeah that's fair uh How many? So they they have 15 players who can be considered starters that are bolded on their depth chart, depending on what package, what personnel they're going with. They have 15. How many of those guys do you think were a blue chip recruit when they committed to Florida signed with Florida State? Are you talking
2: straight out of high school or through the portal?
1: Just what was their ranking when they signed with Florida State? If they were a portal player, was their portal portal, ranking?
0: What were they ranked as a portal? Yeah.
2: Um three. I think one because you only count Ken McDonald because I don't know if Johnny Wilson or Mike stars.
1: Joe Philly and Trey Benson as well. So Chris was right with three. So 20% of your offense, a top 10 offense, is a blue chip ratio. I went through this morning. I'm writing a story on this. I think on Sunday. If Florida State wins, this will be run on Sunday. If they lose, I might just save it for the offseason. We'll see. But it's been a top 10 offense. Uh, there's no reason why Florida State should lose. We've seen that before. Uh, Florida State, if you take the, the composite grade of all 15 of those players – and our composite grade is uh, up to 99. We don't have a perfect 1.0 uh, player, but uh, it is 87.25 grade. That would be akin. That's if you take the composite, the average of all those guys. That's akin to like if the 720th prospect nationally became a top 10 player at their position. But just to show you that the lack of like identifiable raw talent or how they were perceived by us as an industry or other programs like fsu's done a remarkable job identifying guys who fit their system and then making it work uh with development and uh, coaching game planning all that stuff it, it's been amazing
0: and to still leonard Hamiltonism, it's the sum of all parts
1: for fsu yeah so i'm i'm buying that i think elite is is fair i mean you could, again it's a top 10 look, offensive look at you throwing
0: the- that word around just so freely <laughs> everybody
1: gets an elite dude it's an elite it, it, the, the offense and defense production this year are borderline elite they're great and they're yeah. doing it without elite recruits for the most part for the most part
0: okay i'm not Sorry. arguing that point i agree with you in that regard
1: but it's i'm yeah, just hesitant I mean, to
2: call somebody an elite evaluator they don't so have a freely. single five star on the composite on their roster right now i
1: know M J Willis yeah. ten with another good question. No, like
2: if you look at the talent, uh, is like, Damari like, Tate not one? I don't think. He's no, I don't think he was
1: composite. or
2: I don't think he finishes a top two four seven five star, whatever the the talent evaluator thing uh, goes by on on the, the ranking. composite. But like yeah, um, he wasn't
1: a composite. He was by twenty four seven. He was a five star, but he yeah. was not in the composite industry.
2: And yeah, I don't think Travis J was either. Who's the other guy you could mention?
1: Hey, I want to give a uh, shout-out to Travis J. Like, uh, people ask about what, what he's doing. He's scout team this year. Um, there was a, a practice yesterday. Uh, an equipment manager was trying to move a giant tackling dummy off the field before they went to team stuff after individual drills. Travis J picked it up and helped him out. Just, uh, I admire that he's remained engaged, and he does practice really hard still. And that I don't know what the future holds for him at Florida State, but, like, he's someone who's who's helped out this program kind of in – not the shadows, but, you know, in the, at the back end, stuff you don't see on game days. Uh MJ Willis 10, by Orsonone, having a consistent top 10 recruiting class is unrealistic for FSU due to the new NIL landscape of recruiting.
0: I'm synoning so that. I think maybe today it is unrealistic, but I think NIL from an FSU perspective is progressing in a manner that will allow them to get back into that discussion. I don't think they'll ever be at the top, the one to five part of it necessarily, but I think they can compete to be in the top 10 of
2: yeah i'll i'll buy it for right now um because i don't think fsu right now is set up to you know with you know the nil landscape to to have a top 10 class you know this cycle maybe into next next cycle um but like chris said i think you can build upon what you have in the nil department um year in and year out and especially if you continue and sustain uh, on-field success that's only going to help um so i think yeah i think uh I think right now I, I'd buy that you can't have, it's unrealistic to have a top 10 class with the current landscape um, and what FSU has going on. Um, but give it a few years and, you know, maybe also known that.
1: Also known it because I think you can, I think it's, a, I think we're all kind of saying the same thing and just viewing the question maybe a little bit. Yeah, it's just,
2: it's depends on the time frame that you're talking yeah. about, but if you're talking about forever, then so no, but um, for right now I'd buy
1: Chris, you pointed out, I think it was last week or two weeks ago, like the, the difference between the top 10 class in the country and then like that next tier is pretty, like, so it's pretty drastic, right? Like there's there's a pretty clear uh, differentiation of like uh, the, the, the top tier and then that there's a drop off into like maybe the, the tier two or three of. of yeah, if, if you're right looking
0: now. at what we would term elite recruits, top 50 types for the most part, who is contending for them is pretty consistently the same bunch. There's mm-hmm. a reason for that
1: well said no blooded five two five. Oh my god two five two five buyer sanone brought to you by the turner group nice we won the divorce of jimbo fisher i mean i think i think it's a buy like it worked immediately didn't work out great for florida state but long term um jimbo's struggling at texas a&m right now mike mcbrough mike with pencil with jimbo fisher and the one-on-one it was a
0: messy divorce for us, but we came out on the outside
2: looking kind of pretty.
1: Got yeah. in shape, got we got in shape a little bit, got our new haircut, and yeah, we look good now.
2: Those court fees sucked the first few years, but you know, we we, we battled back and now we're on top.
1: My parents are divorced. This isn't funny, guys. Jack's Tribe, Buyer Sinone, brought to you by the Turner Group. buyers Sinone. The next two offenses fsu face are similar due to having the same head coach recently dude this is a great point we were talking about this yesterday before practice like uh what's the head coach's name mike what uh, uh, losing michael it's michael
0: let's just go with michael
1: michael Desermo. Desermo. <laughs> uh he was his coaching tree like he's part of the Billy Napier coaching tree he was an assistant under napier for about four or five years he was his co-offensive coordinator last year their offenses I think when you look at them, aren't like drastically different. I mean, obviously Florida has a mobile quarterback like Anthony Richardson that when it's it's rolling, it's it's a pretty scary offense to defend, especially really good on the ground uh, when he's struggling, you know, whatever, but schematically very similar. And that's kind of an interesting dynamic these next two weeks because FSU is installing a game plan for Louisiana. But like, I I think it will be, a decent amount of carry over to next week as well which i don't know how often that happens it'd be like if you it'd be like if someone was preparing for memphis and then florida state like if you had ryan silverfield's offense and then you had mike Ravels, like there's gonna be some differences but like not a night and day especially one year removed difference um so yeah, that's
2: it'll open. be a lot of, a lot of, like the main changes personnel obviously with uh, and i think uh, Florida's offense looks a little bit different with you know the, the style of quarterback they have in Anthony Richardson, um, but definitely some similarities for sure, I'd buy.
0: I chatted with someone familiar with Billy this week, who's known Billy a long time, and Coach Napier before he was even a head coach. And uh, the main point they made to me on this subject is that concept-wise, yes, they're very similar. There's a lot of carryover. Billy is kind of what he is when it comes to what he wants to do. The difference is that Florida is trying to just win games right now, and some of that is a little bit of not to degrade it, but backyard football with the quarterback being the athlete he is. Mm -hmm. So there's a little bit of departure there. And obviously the quarterback who's currently at Louisiana, uh, Ben Woolwich, does not simulate that in any form or fashion. So there's a departure in that regard. But concept-wise, some of the base stuff they do, yeah, it's going to be very similar over the two weeks.
1: I was going to ask Mike Garvel about that yesterday, but he seemed like it's about us. It's about us. He didn't seem like he wanted to talk a long time on Wednesday, so that's fine. It's
0: it's Wife Walk Wednesday, but he's trying to get out there.
1: Mike Jarm, or Mike Jarm, tough to tell. By or Sinone, the worst part of J-Trav leaving would be not having him in NCAA 24. Well, that's (laughs) why you
0: download rosters, so Sinone.
1: Yeah, I mean, the worst part, uh, I'm so known, it would be him not being on the team and having to probably figure out your offense again without him. But that would suck. And, it, like, think how much it sucks that the PlayStation 3 NCAA 14 game that you missed out on having FSU that next year after a national title what that roster would have looked like. You like you had a redshirt freshman, Jameis Winston, that was, like, 85. And that next year he probably would have been 99. You would have been able to play with that that. Monster of an offense and defense in 2014. Um, FSU fans had some bad luck there. Do you care to chime in, Zach, or just?
2: No, I think. Uh, yeah, sorry, I was just staring at the screen. Yeah, um, Zach, you're, Zach you're entered a trance. My name world. is on here. Right I'm in a trance. Um, no, obviously the worst part would be you know him not being able to click with this offense again. But you know I'm going to be playing the um hell out of ncaa 24 um so not having him would suck but i'd probably just create another jordan travis in the game
1: would you help me get it onto my system
2: you know the answer to that
1: no zach refuses to help get me double ncaa revamped
2: because you think that it's going to have give you a
1: virus Sunday yeah, like, gold you know, by Orson. You give everyone viruses all the time with your coughing. Sunday gold <laughs> by Orson. 10 or more players enter the transfer portal this December. I, that's a good. I haven't really thought in depth about this. I think we'll see some attrition still, right? Like, I don't think it's the purge like it's been in the past, but I can, I think, like, probably six or so off the top of my head.
2: Yeah, I think, uh, there's certain position groups, uh, you know, in the trenches. DB, I could see some attrition. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's so funny, like. Seeing Florida and Miami's roster start to go through what FSU went through the past few years of like yeah. guys, you know, starting to enter the portal. You're like, you know, fans are like arguing, oh, like, what are we? How are we gonna replace him? And like, you know, you just gotta trust the process. UF and Miami, like, eh, this is this is all part of you know how rosters are flipped now. Um, but yeah, I, ten is a hard number. Um, but you know, how many? Like, I wonder how many they need to leave to try. To you know. For, for the numbers they want to hit as far as adding guys into the program through the portal. Uh,
1: buddy, we've had some questions about like scholarships and stuff for next year. My brain has not gotten to the point of where I can start yeah. tracking that. You know, I love tracking it too, right, Chris, but I I, I can't get to that yet.
0: Well, they have roughly a dozen to 14 departures. Uh, then, you know, we're expecting probably three to six NFL type departures. That gets at about 20. And if they're going to try to push to 30, then you have to have 10 others, whether it's injury or something of that sort. So, yeah, I mean, there's guys. Uh, Keyshawn Helton's a name that I think it's fair to say. We think there's a possibility he looks to play elsewhere for an additional year. You know, there's some offensive linemen who I don't know if necessarily it's portal, but Thomas Schrader, the injury question is there with him. Hopefully it doesn't result in him not being available because I think he's a guy they had optimism for before the injury. Rod Orr a guy who's kind of fallen off the face of the planet at the offensive line position. Uh, Chombery Jackson's a guy on the defensive line that, You know, I think will be discussed. I don't know necessarily that he departs, but he hasn't really broken through. And some younger guys like a Daniel Lyons have already kind of eclipsed him. George Wilson Jr. Always been kind of a long-term project type. Is that long-term project at FSU? You know, those are a couple. Steven Dix, I think, is a fair one just because that linebacker room's kind of figured itself out, improved. He's kind of fallen off the chart there. Uh, I know he had the injury this year, obviously. I think Dix is the kind of dude, if he wants to stick around, they easily let him stick around because he's a great weight room guy, good teammate, good person. So, like, you know, if he wants to be here for being that type of guy, yes. But if Steven Dix wants to play, I don't know that FSU is going to be the answer for them. For you, know him. What, you know what I would do
1: with Steven Dix? Leonard Warner, track him.
0: There's a degree of that with him, Yeah. Yeah. But bulk
1: him up an extra 10, 15 pounds, put him as a, an edge setter at Fox. Yeah. And
0: I mean, the nice thing with Dix is that he is a great kid. Uh, he, uh, he sets the tone in the weight room. He's phenomenal there. He's a hard practicing kid. He's a good student from what I understand. He's a good teammate. So like, I'm not trying to push him through the door. I'm just saying from playing linebacker standpoint, I think the window for him has slightly closed. Yeah, and dude. then Tra- Travis J and Demore Tate are two other names. Sure. That you can toss out there because of obvious reasons of, where they stand in the secondary this year. And at points this year, the secondary wasn't exactly a super solidified group that was playing at a high level, but those two were never in the discussion.
1: Yeah, you're just looking at guys who could, who've been jumped essentially, or that haven't contributed and, and younger players are starting to, to try and pass them, um, which is a reasonable exercise to do. The nice thing is,
0: we're with the portal, we're at the point where guys leaving is a business decision and pretty much solely that. Versus a few years ago, where it was, please get the hell out of our program so we can turn this thing around from a yeah. culture standpoint. Yeah. We're not there anymore. And it's very refreshing and nice. And that's something that currently I think the other two in state rivals are going through.
1: Yeah. The, the last buyer Sinon brought to you by the Turner Group, Rick Castro, Rick Buyer Sinon, Turkey should only make one appearance after November 1st, and that's for Thanksgiving. Two tops, three is overkill. Well, you got to have
0: the turkey sandwich the day after Thanksgiving. Yeah, I, I so think he's talking about two.
1: I think he's talking about the process of roasting a turkey. Oh, yeah, Once. making a new turkey. Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, you don't think for Christmas?
1: No, he's saying that. I think that'd be the two tops. I think that. I'm, I I'm not
2: a Christmas turkey kind of guy. Wow, a Christmas ham is good. Tam. Christmas ham hits. Uh,
1: honey, Tam's honey, i ham. Down for it. Yeah, honey, baked ham. Go to the go to the honey baked ham line uh, on like December twentieth, and just get totally screamed at by the people who are overwhelmed working behind the counter. It's a fun experience. Let's take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we got recruiting to get through. We'll do game predictions and then we'll get out of here. Cause Zach has to go be a student somewhere. Welcome back to on the bench. Let's talk a little recruiting fellas. Starting off with, there was a 330 pound visitor on campus this week. Someone who, if you follow FSU recruiting actively, through the years, it'll be a familiar name. Chris, I will throw this to you.
0: Uh, Josh Braun, formerly of Live Oak Suwanee, was at UF the last three years, left in the middle of this year looking for his next opportunity as a grad transfer, which allows him to currently take visits. Most transfers can't take visits to after December 5th when the portal opens, but as a grad transfer, his calendar is different. So with Tallahassee not being that far from his current home, And Tallahassee once was his former home, as his father once worked at Lincoln back in the day. Um, They came on over. They took in Tuesday's practice. They hung out with Alex Atkins, Mike Norvell, tons of other staff members, had time with Josh Storms. And strength and conditioning is a very important thing for both uh, Josh and his family. They're way into that. It's something they care a great deal about. Uh, What I'll say about Josh is he's going to go through a pretty hectic process here for at least the next four, if not six or eight weeks, leading to a decision on a new home in January. He's married. He's very mature. I mean, he's a classical studies major who's trying to figure out whether he's going to get an MBA or continue classical studies. And his master's program kind of speaks to who he is and what he is as far as always thinking about things. He's As I said, he's married. His wife's going to factor a great deal into the decision because it's no longer a party of one. It's a party of two. And he has to figure out where is best for him and her for the next step. So uh, FSU kind of made their pitch. It was an opportunity for him to meet this staff and get to know this staff. He wasn't ever recruited by the staff. He was recruited by Willie staff. Uh, he came out in 2020 class, but 2019 commitment. So that kind of sets the counter. I think he liked it. I, I don't want to say FSU is a leader or anything of that sort, but I think FSU, if they want to be in the discussion long-term, I think both parties are mutually interested in that being a thing. He's supposed to go to UCF this weekend, check them out, uh Michigan's another one, kicking the tires, Penn State. There's a bunch of others. He's gonna have options because one, he's an exceptional student. Two, he's six five, almost six six. He's like six five and seven And he's around three forty-five, three fifty. Uh, when he wants to carry as much weight as he can. I think right now he's around three low three forties. He he's gonna have plenty of options. He's good. Why is he leaving UF? Well, he was behind Stuart Reese basically, or he shared duties with Stuart Reese two years ago. And, he had to split time with Stuart Reese, who was a transfer into Florida. And then he thinks this is his year. Osadis Torrance comes over from Louisiana. Torrance is going to be a high-level NFL draft pick after this year. He he kind of had to wait there. And I think he just realized the opportunity he wants maybe necessarily wasn't going to be at UF. And for him, getting prepared to go into a master's program, he's looking for that next stop. Do I think he's worth taking? Yes, I do. I think he's a kid that certainly will help you too deep on the offensive line without a shadow of a no. doubt.
1: Let's see. Next up, let's talk. Sakuma throws to you. There is a another familiar name from the FSU recruiting. Uh, annals is that it? Hey, what? The annals, like, like the, the old no. spell Wait. that?
0: <laughs> oh my lord! Get <laughs> I, on with it.
1: I need to make sure. I need to make sure that's correct.
2: Annals, <laughs> no!
1: <laughs> sorry, Colin. Derek Hunter. Zach, what's up with him? And who is it?
2: Derek Hunter is a former uh, Florida State commit out of high school who flipped to Texas A&M on signing day. He has now uh, left the Texas A&M program and is a junior college defensive tackle prospect. He actually got transitioned into an offensive lineman over at College Station. I don't know what the hell Jimbo is doing over there, but um, it's not good. Um, but, but Derek oh, Hunter is now, now a national recruit as a Juco kid in um, Florida State has offered. He told me earlier this week that he has set up an official visit to FSU for the weekend of December 9th. Um, he, you know, and there's a full interview with him on those 24-7. He goes in depth. Um, basically, he had a really in-depth talk with Odell Higgins recently just kind of um, breaking down uh, how his high school recruitment went. Odell remembered a lot of stuff, uh, important things from his high school recruitment, and that impressed Derek a lot. Uh, so moving forward, we'll see. FSU is definitely interested. Um, they have the OV set up. I think FSU sits in a really good spot. Mississippi State's another school involved. I believe Tennessee is also offered, and they're kind of involved. Um, there's a few other schools Miami has, has offered, but I'm not sure that they're you know, fully in that. Um, you know, It'll be interesting. I asked him if he has any other visits. Uh, set right now and he said he's only focused on one which is fsu so um it'll be interesting um i you know fsu is obviously you know they're working juco they're working uh, once the portal window opens on december 5th they'll be working the portal for defensive tackle prospects so we'll see kind of where their board sits heading into um you know the rest of november and into december um as the portal window opens because that's you know about to get crazy Um, so nothing you know, things sit good there. Um, if FSU wants their Connor, I think they can probably get him. Um, but that'll be, like, the determining factor in, in how that one shapes out.
0: Great analysis, Zach. You did a very good job analyzing that.
1: I don't get it. Zach, uh, real quick, Keldrick Falk you caught up with. I know we only have, like, five minutes left with the years so we got that. I want to talk about a quarterback getting a bump and three visitors to watch this weekend. So that's what we got. And then a... And then a uh score prediction so keep that all in mind here it's what we got for your remaining time allotted all
2: right let's go do you want me to just fire off
1: no just just keep in mind as i've now wasted probably about 30 seconds of time uh the keldrick falk interview uh direct people to where they can see that and what stood out to you about that yeah i
2: haven't even written it yet thanks Brendan. oh my god <laughs> all right moving on
1: to the next one <laughs> Hey guys, how about Luke Krobenhawk getting a big old bump in the rankings? FSU's 2024 quarterback prospect in Tony Tokars. We trust uh, the evaluation there, the commitment. Uh Luke is ranked as the what what's he? He's I got a 95 grade. Where does that put him? And the well, number nine grade? quarterback.
2: Yeah, wow. he's the 95 overall uh quarterback now, not 95 grade. Um, he's what like, he's not the 95 he's the 90, overall 95th overall prospect. Wait. Player. Number nine oh, quarterback. Number nine this quarters. feels like when
0: we were ordering lunch yesterday, and I had to step up and be the adult in the room. I'm just letting that be known.
2: Dude, that lady hated us.
1: Brett she G- she Jack refused the used to like think. order the food.
2: No, she hated you too, Chris. Don't get me wrong. Um, I don't yeah, know. Luke Herman Hawks now a top 100 overall prospect, number nine quarterback in the country, 91 grade on the t- top two four seven that was updated yesterday. I
1: um, thought he had a 95 grade.
2: grade. Oh, my God. 91 grade. Um, he. You know, it's the number uh, 95 prospect to now. Keep up Kevin like. broke him down or like did a little breakdown on all the quarterbacks because there was a bit, you know, a lot of movers in the top two, four, seven. Um, you know, he they described him as a former positionless wonder at Benedictine Military in Savannah. Um, he played you know safety receiver for them last year as he was splitting duties with um, you know, now Auburn quarterback and Elite 11 finalist Horland Guerinier, yeah. uh yeah. Brendan Panone special. Um He's six foot four, 185 pounds. They are you know drawing comparisons to Ryan Tannehill, who trans- transitioned from receiver to quarterback at and AM before being selected in the first round by the Dolphins. Um, you know this year he's thrown for over 2,000 yards, completing over 66% of his passing attempts with a 23 to two touchdown to interception ratio. So a great bump there for Luke and a great evaluation for Mike Norvell and, and Tony Tokars and the rest of the FSU coaching staff.
1: One thing to keep in mind, I think, with with Luke Krummenhauk is he's going to continue to be a, a rising prospect. Uh, he might eventually get a 95 grade. We'll see. But but someone who teams you're going to continue to push for. And uh, your game is going to have to be right if you're Florida State to retain him, I think. You're going to have to continue to win. You're going to have to continue to uh, be strong in the NIL department. He's got a great relationship with his coaching staff, which is going to serve FSU extremely well. Uh, and that's ultimately where you want to be as a program, though, is people are going to want your quarterback commit so uh, that's a that's a hat tip to this coaching staff and now this next year is going to be about continuing to work continuing to get them on campus then become the bell cow of that 2024 class and just see what happens from there but really good stuff for the Seminoles finally let's talk about the three visitors. or there's more than three visitors but I want to get your guys thoughts on three that you're excited to see or you think are noteworthy for this weekend's contest against Louisiana and then we'll get into predictions and get out of here
0: Well, number one for me is Chris Otto. I'm the president of Fan Club, so who am I not to talk about my dude? But, yeah, he's coming in for an unofficial here. He's coming in for an official in December on the 9th. He's supposed to hit Stanford in between there. He's a really, really good ball player, so that's my first. I'll let Zach go so I don't just steal his three.
2: Um, Yeah, I was going to go Chris Otto for 2023, guys. They don't have a lot of um, 23 guys coming in this weekend, but he's definitely the most important. Um, uh, Next, I'll move to 2024. I'm actually going with five-star running back, uh, FSU commit Cameron Davis, who's expected in. You um, confirmed with us today, or yeah, believe today that he's, he's he's for sure making it. Um, also in the 24 class, another running back, four-star out of Homestead High School down in South Florida, Isaac Brown. He's a Louisville commit, and he's uh, expected to make it in. Um, really talented prospect down there in South Florida. Um, and then lastly, I'm going to go to Voy Fegan four-star defensive back who's making his decision on, I believe, November 20th. Um, it's down to FSU and Clemson. He visits FSU this weekend, so it'll be interesting to see if FSU can make a move there. Clemson is the 24-7 sports crystal ball leader for him at the moment, um, but FSU's making their final push to try and you know flip that one late.
1: That was four. Thank you, Zach. Chris, you got two more for us?
0: Yeah, since Zach went four and stole one of my clear answers, obviously, mm-hmm. I- I'll go with a oh, slot receiver, Dakari Anderson. He's from Perry, Georgia. He's got an A and M offer early. Clemson's kicking the tires. FSU's been interested for a while.
1: Wait, so, sorry, Chris, what, Zach, what are you incredulous about? What are you throwing a little tantrum about?
2: I was reacting to something on my phone. Stop being a little baby, Brennan get on with it i gotta go so
0: dakari anderson slot receiver type electric really fun film he's getting down here he's just one that i'm a fan of and then 2025 emory winston he's a guy who could play on either side of ball he's listed as a tight end he's from Calhoun, georgia he is a young man that attempted to get down here i believe for an early season game if i recall correctly and it just didn't work out for him so he's going to make it in but he's a 25 kid that's already got pretty high level interest from a lot of schools He's got almost double-digit offers. I know Louisville, NC State are a couple that have already pulled the trigger. Ohio State, I believe, has been kicking the tires. So, yeah, he's a good one.
1: Who's the kid that just visited Penn State earlier this month? Cameron
2: Wallace, I believe.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he's Preppy. a 20,
2: 2023 three-star athlete who just took an OV to Penn State. He's a track star.
1: Interesting. So that'd be a name. I guess you probably want to get measurements and stuff on him. All right. So that wraps up our recruiting talk for this week, let's get into predictions. Florida State versus Louisiana. Or just Louisiana. By the fighting Michael. What's the last name, Chris?
2: Langston. Michael.
1: Oh, boy. All right. FSU 34, Louisiana 14 for me. I don't know if FSU covers the spread, but wouldn't win comfortably and, and cruise would be nice. So
2: 45 to 10. Yeah.
1: 38-13. Byers-Sanone mashed potatoes over au potatoes
0: for thanksgiving
1: just in general it's potato season
0: i think au but uh, i'll go mash for thanksgiving give me the tradition
2: oh mash is the way you, you can't go wrong with mash, at thanksgiving.
1: mash your face zach mash your face Fine. Fine. thank you guys